Welcome to the Gregory Digout Podcast. We all make mistakes. We all stumble. We all fall. We just got to get back up and not give ourselves permission to remain in the condition that we've been in. We got to take back our lives. We got to stop limiting God, stop limiting ourselves. You have the power to do more than you ever thought you're capable of. Well, welcome to another episode of Think Like a Champion. That's you. You are the champion. And this podcast is dedicated to helping you win in every way and enjoy every day. Life is short here on this earth. We have an eternal life in heaven. But we have to make the most of our life here on this earth. And one of the topics that I want to talk about and one of the things that I think people are dealing with is how to master their emotions. Are we in control of our lives or aren't we? And how do we take back control of our emotional health? And it starts as we dive into this topic on mastering emotions. And I, I, I'm going to ask, answer the question, what could be worse than being lame for 38 years? I'm going to get to that story in a moment, but I want to bring some clarity to one of the uh, one of our responses to negativity in our life. When something bad happens in our life, we we sometimes go into the blame game, and I want to bring clarity to that. And I want us to break out of the the mentality of blaming someone or blaming something on our condition. Now, some of us have truly been victims of something horrific. Some of you watching right now have been victims of something truly horrific and there's no there's absolutely no way that we should sweep it under the rug and pretend that you haven't suffered because you you have suffered and we've all suffered in some way on varying degrees but we can be free we we can't think when something happens in our lives or we look back at some trauma that occurred in our lives we we can't think that we're in control of everything but we can think that we are empowered not to stay in bondage to anything. It's empowering thinking. We're not going to enable the victim mentality, but we need to be realistic about the fact that people suffer in this world and the actions of others do affect other human beings. And we have to learn how to navigate through that because we can't control everybody's behavior. We can't control what history has done in our world, what people have done in our history and our personal history uh, or the history of a family, the history of a people, the history of a tribe, the history of uh, an ethnicity. We have to begin to experience going forward. We might have been a victim, but we don't have to stay a victim to having a victim mindset. And if that makes sense. And here's, I want to jump into John chapter five, where I think the best example of making excuses or blaming or passively making excuses and, and being both a victim and having a victim mindset. I guess that's where the distinction is for me, that anybody can be a victim of something tragic or horrific, but not everybody has to have a victim mindset, a mentality that they have to remain a victim of whatever occurred in their life. So that's the difference, I think, that we have all been victims of something. Maybe you've been a victim of love. Maybe you've experienced the, the, the joys and the sorrow of relationships and being in love. But we don't have to remain victims of a mindset. We can, we can 
have negative things happen in our life and not adopt a mentality that expects that, a mentality that protects that, a mentality that, that remains in that condition. We don't have to remain in the condition that we're, that we're in. We have the power to think differently. We have the power to respond differently. We have the power to rebuild our lives differently. And I, I, that's one of my biggest themes, one of my biggest desires, one of my greatest desires is to teach people to reparent themselves because we've all, we've all been in one way or another raised in a dysfunctional in a dysfunctional home in to varying degrees, mind you. There are some people that have been truly in abusive homes, physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse. And like I said, on a, on a scale, there's, we've all, we all fall in that, in that category at one level or another. But the point is, is that we, we have an opportunity to reparent ourselves, to grow up, to to have that inner child in us that that stunt that was stunted in its growth through trauma. Trauma stunts people's emotional maturity. Tr something traumatic happening in a person's life stunts our emotional uh, health and our emotional maturity. So what can we do about it? John chapter five gives us an example. There was a in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called. Bethesda, and there lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time of the pool and stirred up the water, and whoever, I know you've heard me tell this story many times, but there's so much gold in here. And then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the waters was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man who had an infirmity 38 years, now one of the things that I mentioned earlier when we're talking about mastering emotions and answering the question, what could be worse than being lame for 38 years? So now you understand where I'm coming from on that. It says that he was, he had that infirmity for 38 years. Some of us watching right now, we haven't even been alive 38 years. I shouldn't say we, but you. So some of you that are watching right now, not even 38. And this guy was in that condition for 38 years, uh, four decades in the same condition. But when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Notice how Jesus, how he, how he asks that question. Notice what he's looking for. Do you want to be made well? It's not about whether Jesus can make you well. It's about, do you want to be made well? You know, some of, some of the things that have happened in our lives and the question being, do you want to be healed from that? Do you want to recover from that? Do you want to be made whole from that? For some people, honestly, the answer is no. Some people are addicted to the struggle. They're addicted to the, the mindset, the mentality that excuses them from having to reparent themselves. And I want to encourage you it's time for each of us to take that seriously because there's so many broken, wounded people walking in this earth and damaged in their soul, damaged in their emotions. And the real question is, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made whole? Now notice what the sick man answered. He said, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred, but when I'm coming, another steps down before me. So he goes into this whole story of why he's been in that condition all the time. Jesus didn't ask him, hey, 
why, why have you been in this condition all this time? Or why have you waited for 38 years? Or explain to me what's been going on for the last 38 years that has left you in that same condition. Jesus didn't ask him what this, Jesus didn't ask him any of those things. Jesus simply said, do you want to get well? Do you want to be made whole? Sometimes we start making up stories and, and making excuses. And in this case, it's so, it's so glaring to me that I, I, I can't go past this scripture without stopping and, and pausing and talking about it because it's such a common response and reaction and a defense mechanism to taking action in our lives. Jesus didn't ask him, why are you in this condition? He said, do you want to be made whole? We got to stop asking the question, why did this happen to me? And we have to answer the question, do we really want to get better? Do we really want to grow up? Do we really want to take responsibility for our lives? Do we really want to own the the responsibility of change? Do we really want to take away all of our excuses so that we can actually take action? Because one of the reasons that paralyzes, one of the things that paralyzes us in life is um, our excuses. One of the things that paralyzes us in life and makes us victims of circumstances is that we are looking for a reason to stay the same. It's very natural and very human to want to protect ourselves, but it's very God-like and very powerful and also human to overcome whatever's happened in our lives. So when asked the question, do you want to be made whole? And the man starts giving reasons why he's in that condition. He's missing that direct connection with Jesus. Like, let's just stay with Jesus here. Do you want to be made whole? Well, I have no one to get, put me in the water. He's not asking you why you're not whole. He's asking you, do you want to get whole? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want your, do you want your family better? Do you want your finances better? Do you want uh, your peace and emotional freedom? Do you want your, your job and your, and your relationships to get better? You simply have to answer the question with a yes or no, rather than the excuses, rather than the alibis, rather... And it might be true. Everything he said was true. There was no one there to put him in the water. But Jesus didn't ask him that. He said, do you want to be made well? Ah, this opens up the door to something that really is important. For, for 38 years, this man has thought now that you have to get in the water to be made well. And it was true that the first person that went in the water was when it was stirred up by the angel. It was true that the first person that got in was healed and recovered and was made whole. But he only saw, he saw that as the only solution to his problem. So when Jesus said, do you want to be made whole? That guy's thinking the only way to be made whole is to get in that water and I can't get in the water. But realize there are other ways to be made whole. There are other ways to deal with the problem you're facing right now. We, we have to understand that there's not just one way. That's one of the things I love about the concept of healing, for example, and health. There's not just one way to be healthy. There's many ways to be healthy. You can be healthy through gratitude. You can become healthy through reading your Bible. You can become healthy through prayer. You can become healthy from eating properly. You can become healthy from supplements and vitamins. You can become healthy from a new take on life and a new way of looking at life. And you can become, in other words, there's not just one way to be better. 
There's not just one way to recover. I like that about God, that he provides prayer as a way to be healed. He provides his promises as a way to be healed. He provides water and rest as a way to be healed. He promises exercise and walking as a way to be healed. And these are all gifts from God. They're all God's manifold ways of us being healthy. So we have to start thinking bigger that there's not just one way to be made well. There's a lot of ways. And if we limit God to just one way, we're limiting God and we're limiting ourselves. It's a pretty powerful verse. And I I think that we have to answer the question then, because Jesus did say to him, rise up and walk, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and he walked after Jesus healed this man who was lame for 38 years. Jesus finds him later in the temple. And it says in verse 14 of John chapter five, afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said, see, you are well, see, you are made well. Now he says, sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. Now, let me ask you two questions. What could be worse than being lame for 38 years? And what is the sin that Jesus is referring to here? And the answer is the same. It's the same answer to both of these questions. Again, the first question is, what could be worse than being lame for 38 years? And the second question is, what is the sin that Jesus is referring to that this man needs to stop doing? Does he need to stop lying? Does he need to stop chewing gum in class? Does he need, does he need to stop thinking lustful thoughts? Like, what is the sin that he has to stop? Because if he has to stop all of, if he, if he has to be sinless, it's impossible. So Jesus wasn't referring to behaviors that are sinful habits. He was referring to the way this man was thinking the, because the word sin here means to miss the mark. How was this guy missing the mark? Jesus was saying, stop missing the mark so that nothing worse happens to you. So what could be worse than being lame for 38 years? And what is the sin or what is the missing of the mark that Jesus is referring to here? How about being able to walk? Maybe this is worse. How about being able to walk, but still having the same thinking? How about being able to walk, but still thinking you're limited? How about being able to walk, but still blaming other people for why you're in the situation you're in? How about being able to walk, but still believing that nobody helps you, that nobody cares about you, that nobody's thinking about you, which in some cases is actually true. Nobody's really thinking about us sometimes. And that's okay because God's thinking about enough. God's thinking about us enough to make up for all the people that are not thinking about us. But what's going on here is God is showing us an insight. He's giving us a look into what can be worse than being lame for 38 years is physically having your ability to walk, but mentally being paralyzed still having the physical ability. Cause there are people that have overcome incredible physical disabilities. I think of, um, Helen Keller said something very powerful. Um, she was deaf, she was blind and for most of her life, she could not speak. And she said this, she said, uh, self-pity is our worst enemy. And if we yield to it, 
We can never do anything wise in this world. Self-pity is our worst enemy. And if we yield to it, we can never do anything wise in this world, Helen Keller said. And then when she was 50 years old, after being deaf, dumb and blind from the time she was 19 months old, she uttered these words at the age of 50. I am not dumb now. These were the five words that Helen Keller vocally exclaimed to the public in 1930. She was deaf and she was blind since being 19 months old from fever. And then the 50-year-old Keller was also considered by many to be mute. She couldn't speak. But she first told her teacher, Anne Sullivan, that she wanted to be able to speak using her mouth and not just her hands. And Sullivan, her teacher, thought it was a challenge that was insurmountable. But with the resolve and the characteristic of her life, with the resolve so characteristic of Helen Keller's life, she was determined to prove the world was wrong. She was not dumb. She was not mute, not in any sense of the word. It was with that same tenacity that Keller fought for others for the rights of others and made a name for herself as one of the world's most respected and tireless champions of civil liberties. And where did she cultivate all of that character to overcome all of the obstacles that were and the disabilities that she suffered? Where did she get that strength? I believe God gave it to her. I believe that inside of every human being is the power to overcome whatever we've been victimized by whatever we have been, whatever we have suffered, whatever trauma has been in our lives, whatever disability that we're facing, there is a mental breakthrough that each of us can experience beyond our own physical abilities. There is a place in our mind, there is a place in our emotions, there is a power that we have, there is a, there's a power in our brain, there's power in our, we've not been given the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. You have the power of a sound mind, a healthy mind. You can actually overcome insurmountable odds. You have the power to overcome whatever disability you've grown up with. Maybe the physical disability might not go away. Maybe it won't go away for a while. Maybe it won't go away for some until we're in heaven. I, don't, I can't explain why that is, but I can tell you this, that there are other barriers that you can break while still in that physical disability. You, could, you can still break mental disabilities and mental barriers that have held you limited and that have made you become an excuse maker and sit on the sidelines of overcoming great insurmountable odds. Let's not sit on the, on the sidelines. Helen Keller could have sat on the sidelines, but she didn't. She, she didn't make excuses for her condition. She just determined every day to get better. She was resilient, which is, I think is a, is a characteristic that is, we've lost the art of resiliency, of simply having bounce back power and just getting up when we fall. Uh, I, I know personally that there have been times that I've just fallen, let's say, just tripped over something. You know, you're going upstairs really fast and then you trip, but you, you kind of get up and act like it never happened. <laughs> you kind of get up and you act like uh, you, you, nobody saw that or nobody recognized it or realized it. And you just catch yourself and you, you pick yourself back up and you get moving. We all make mistakes. We all stumble. We all fall. We just got to get back up. 
and not give ourselves permission to remain in the condition that we've been in. We got to take back our lives. We got to stop limiting God, stop limiting ourselves. We have to, you have the power to do more than you ever thought you're capable of. It says in Psalm 78, verse 41, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. It says in the one version, they kept testing God and caused terrible pain to the Holy One of Israel. Man, what was it that caused God pain was the limits that the people put on them, put on him. And we should be going after the limitations, the limited thinking that we have in our life, the wrong views that we have of ourselves. We should be on a search and destroy mission in which our main target is the limitations that we find in our mind, the limitations that are holding us back, a wrong view of ourselves. One tr uh, translation of Paul's letter to the Ephesians is, we've lost sight of the power found in our true identity as the light which manifests in a radical love without which all else is found worthless. Ignorant of who we are, our own self-limiting beliefs sabotage us and keep us in darkness every day. Listen to that last sentence. Ignorant of who we are, our own self-limiting beliefs sabotage us and keep us in darkness every day. We have to lose the ignorance of who we are. We're sons and daughters of God. We're prophets of our own lives. We're kings and priests unto our God. We're a holy nation, a royal priesthood. We have the power of God. We have the spirit of God. We have the wisdom of God. We have the goodness of God. We have the grace of God. We have the love of God. We have the anointing of God. We have the spirit of God. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. So we have to refuse to remain victims of what has happened, of what has victimized our lives. We gotta stop looking for the villain and stop acting like the victim. We might've been victimized, but we don't have to stay that way. We can break barriers in our minds. We can refuse to let moments become mindsets. Everybody has a bad moment. Everybody has a negative circumstance. Everybody has trauma in their life. Everybody has bad chapters in their story. What we have to do is when something bad happens in that moment, we have to refuse to let that moment become our mindset. We have to refuse to let that moment be, become the expectation of our life. This is where victory is truly won. The victory that Jesus paid for is lived out by us refusing to let the circumstances around us or something that's happened to us in a moment, of, in a bad moment, to become our, our permanent mindset. Attitude is... And if you could understand that, that, that a positive attitude and a positive mindset is one that refuses to accept things as they are. We refuse to let our circumstances dictate what we believe. You have to refuse, look, there's gonna be bad stuff that happens in our lives. And we have to refuse to let our circumstances dictate our beliefs. The book of Philippians that Paul wrote he wrote it in prison. And I want you to see that his mindset was one of victory, not victimization. He could have said, I'm, I, I, oh, look at what I did for God and look at what I've suffered and look at how I'm in prison now. 
But instead, he wrote the book of Philippians. <laughs> it's, it's where we have all these amazing verses like Philippians 4.13, I can do all things to Christ which strengthens me. Or Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Or Philippians chapter 4, verse 1, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Like we could go through so many verses in the book of Philippians, beautiful verses, that he who began the good work in you will be faithful. He's faithful to finish it, to complete what he started in you. These are all the gems and the jewels of the book of Philippians and all of that happened while Paul was in prison. Guess what Paul refused to do? He refused to let that moment become a mindset. He refused to let his circumstances dictate his beliefs. He goes on to say in Philippians uh, chapter 1, verse 12, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for me. And really not just for me, but for the furtherance of the gospel. Notice that saying that we have, life is not happening to us, life is happening for us. Paul shares it here. Paul recognizes, he recognizes it here 2,000 years ago in his letter to the Philippians. I want you to know, there's something we need to know here, brethren. He says, the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So that it has, even though I'm in jail, he said, Look at what happened. It has become evident to the whole palace guard and, and to all the rest of them that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. This set a revival off into the earth. This caused a ripple effect of Paul refusing to let his circumstances dictate his beliefs. And he said, what has happened to me is actually happening for the cause of the gospel and the furtherance of the gospel. And all the brothers that have heard, all the brethren, the brothers and the sisters, all the brethren of the Lord have become confident because here I am in chains and I'm writing, I'm writing to them. Here I am in prison and I'm speaking boldly. And here I am in prison and it's given them the courage to be bold. And it's given them the courage to speak the word without fear. Wow. It's just a revival begins to happen, a breaking forth of life, a breaking forth of breakthroughs, a breaking forth of, of multitudes of people being impacted, being pointed to Jesus, being pointed to God, being turned from negative people into positive people, from doubt and fear people to faith people, from hate and anger people to love and kindness people. That's what happens. That's the ripple effect of you refusing to let moments become mindsets and you refusing to let your circumstances dictate your beliefs. Woo! We need to look for the opportunity in every opposition that we face. We need to look for the silver lining in every cloud. We need to look for uh, the, the good that is hidden from, from sight. We need to look and look for the good even in the midst of a bad situation. We need to refuse to tolerate limiting beliefs. We, ref we need to refuse to tolerate limiting beliefs. Mark 9, 23, Jesus said, if you can, if you can, God's word, trans, God's word translations, Jesus said to him, as far as possibilities go, everything is possible for the person who believes. And I love this verse in the message translation. Jesus said, if, question mark, if, there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. Woo, let's double click right there for a moment and then we'll wrap this up. If, 
Wow, you gotta love that Jesus said that because he's being sarcastic. If, if, there are no ifs for those who believe, there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. I want you to say that. If, I can't hear you. <laughs> there are no ifs among believers. Say that, there are no ifs among believers. Anything can happen. Listen, there's nothing more important to true growth than realizing that there are no ifs in life and anything can happen. Anything is possible. Don't let your moments become mindsets. Don't let your circumstances dictate what you believe. Don't succumb to limiting beliefs that say it's not possible. Believe in Mark 9, 23. Jesus said there are no ifs among believers. Anything can happen. Is there something that seems like it can't happen? It's time for you and me to believe that it can happen. I pray right now for you to experience the possibilities of God, that the limited impossibilities will give way to the unlimited possibilities with God. All things are possible, and God is with you, and you are with him in Christ. So be blessed and go begin to live this out and realize no matter what's happening to you, it's really happening for the furtherance of what God is doing in your life. Thanks for joining me on Think Like a Champion. Please share, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Take a moment and give, pay it forward. That's what we believe in giving. We believe in planting seed. We believe in bringing the message to other people. You can go to lifechangeschurch.com slash give. And I thank you in advance to, by, for doing that, paying it forward, helping somebody else hear this that would have not otherwise heard it because you're supporting this work of God's goodness and thinking like a champion. Thanks again for joining me today. I can't wait to see you on our next podcast and I can't wait to see you in church at one of our church services at lifechangerschurch.com. Love you guys and talk to you soon.